It's another Locked On Coyotes uh, Thursday. It is January 27th. Today, as the Arizona Coyotes officially hit the halfway point of their 2021-2022 season, we talk about what we liked, what we didn't like, and what surprised us all on this episode of Locked On Coyotes. You're Locked On Coyotes, your daily podcast on the Arizona Coyotes, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the show, everybody. Once again, I'm Robin Leonio. That is Carl Pavlik. On Locked On Coyotes, at the halfway point of the Arizona Coyotes season, most NHL teams are at their halfway point at around the four, at, so probably at least late late thirties, early forties. So we're definitely halfway point in the yeah. NHL season, which is interesting because the All Star Game doesn't start for a while, which is yeah. mm. and there's also weird COVID things too, yeah. and uh, it's a weird thing. But the Coyotes have played forty one games, so they're halfway through. Uh, Probably, as long as the season continues as expected. <laughs> exactly. So the Coyotes are halfway through. This is what we're going to do on this episode. Um, you mentioned me say right um, right in the beginning, we are going to talk about what we've liked this season, specifically talk about players, players that we've liked, players that we think aren't meeting expectations, and players that surprised us and went above expectations and like, came out of nowhere and was like, oh, I like what he's doing. So we're going to do all that on today's show. It's going to be a, a um, it's going to be quite the, I think it's going to be quite the fun, fun little show that we have, right? I think so, yeah. Uh, we're going to be talking about, like, a lot of players, like, digging a little bit deeper than we normally do for, like, just game recaps. Um, and I don't know. It's just, uh, it's a really nice, like, starting point, like, halfway through the, the season. Let's, uh, let's see what's, what's been happening. Let's see what has been happening. So let's get things started, Carl. Let's talk about um, two players. I'm going to pick a player and you're going to pick a player on uh, who we think has been a huge highlight of this Arizona Coyotes team. And I'll go first. Okay. Yeah. I'll go Hit first me. and tell you that I am absolutely extremely high right now on Corral Vemelka, the goaltender first year in the NHL. He has had quite the year. I think several shows, Carl, we have like post game shows. We have said, this is the Corral Vemelka show. Yeah, he is. uh, I'm very concerned. He is going to get an upper body injury like straining his back carrying this team because he has had some phenomenal games. Uh, I think you could probably just give him the Winnipeg Jets win by himself. Uh, He has been great. Let's look at some of his stats that he has here. Um, 25 games played. He's 6-6, 16-1-1. So obviously there's extended because shootouts and – yeah. Uh, whatever, however you want to put it. Um, which is obviously, if you look at the record, not good. But no. 
the Coyotes are not a good team, so you can't put that on him. Yeah, a three point four goals against average and a nine oh one save percentage, which for a Coyotes team right now is like, you know what? I'll take, it. especially since there were like there were some games he did not have that were outlier games that kind of brought that stats up. Um, I mean, brought it to you know, or, or brought the numbers worse than in worse numbers. But you, all you're gonna do is use the eye test, Carl, for this kid. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's funny you say 901 because it's kind of good that he's above 900. Like, Mm -hmm. that is, which should be a baseline for a goalie is is not always the case. But, like, for a Coyotes goalie this year, that's impressive. I think the most important stat is, like, that three 45-plus saves in a single, or three 45-plus saves in games. Like, that is just boostering those numbers because if you're making 45 saves doesn't matter how many goals you're letting in that's going to be a high uh high percentage what i love though is that two of those games were against the winnipeg jets <laughs> um he is continuing the coyotes jets rivalry he doesn't I love it <laughs> he doesn't even know he's from the czech republic i'm sure he can't care less about the intricacies of this but we are rivals I have a paper over there that makes fun of the Jets for being the Thrashers. Yeah, absolutely. The other one was the Maple Leafs game, right? Yep. The Maple the, Leafs game. Which, again, probably just give him that that win because... Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and he, I, I, I've just loved how, he, how he's played, especially, like, he had an re- amazing start. Yeah. And then it kind of dipped a little bit, and that's when Wedgwood came in to kind of help, like, you know, you know, give him the confidence to come back up. And once he did, and then and then Vimoko all of a sudden shot back up to where we are now and why I'm talking about him as a highlight for this Arizona Coyotes team. Absolutely. Uh, can I talk about mine? Absolutely. Okay. I'm going to go with Clayton Keller. Uh, Clayton Keller, second appearance as an All-Star. Played all 41 games is like low key on a phenomenal Ironman streak. Um, despite the abuse he's gotten with the Coyotes over the couple, past couple of years, like it's great to see that. Uh, leads the team in goals and points. Um, starting to pil- kill penalties, like he has just become a phenomenal all around player, and I love to see that growth. If you had told me last year that Clayton Keller was going to be killing penalties, I was like. Oh, that would be horrible. Coyotes are about to have just a horrible penalty kill. But no, he's been solid. He knows, like, all right, I got to be a little bit more defensively responsible now, but I can still make those plays. I can still use my skill to take this team to the next level. And I'm just loving his all-around game this year. What I love, too, um, and I like that you, I love that you mentioned Clayton Keller. What I love about him is it just, just first of all, let's let's go back for a second to the off season uh when the when the rumors were talking about the coyotes blowing everything up and rebuilding and we talk we're talking about you know who is on the board and like like basically everyone's on the board and clayton keller was an was an it was a high profile name just like oh we're gonna try to move him in the offseason see what happens they did not do that obviously because of his cap hit it's a tough thing to swallow 7.1 million dollars a year yep 
And we're just like, can he live up to that? Can he make himself worth that again? He is getting there again, and I love it. Yeah, he has gone from untradeable, like, chain around the neck of this team with that cap hit to, I think, a near untouchable at this point. Mm -hmm. Like, we're hearing rumors about Chikrin being traded, but Clayton Keller... Like, they're like, oh, he's playing up to his contract, which, yeah, no, I, I don't see why people were surprised about this. He was getting crap before he was playing on that contract, and it was designed to be a long-term deal that, like, maybe in the first year, maybe in the second year, he's not there. Third and fourth year, he's there. Fifth and sixth year, it's a steal. And I think that's what the contract was supposed to be. Uh, I think it may go down as like a redeeming factor for the general man, general manager, John Chaka's like term, like just like the Keller deal, the Chikrin deal. I think they're going to be steals in the future. I mean, that's, wasn't that what Chick, what uh, what Chaka was known for, right? Making deals like that. It's like yeah. all of a sudden they look lucrative because they're long term and they like and they seem high, but also remember. <laughs> but they're know, but they're not really that high. It's like five million for Christian Dvorak for eight years, uh, and you're just like, yeah, no, Christian Dvorak's probably going to be worth five million for at least six of those years. So why not make that deal? Exactly. So. And that's what I loved about it. Now Clayton Keller has become an untouchable. Um, yeah. It's amazing to see that. And he is going to be the player that I believe that I, that I honestly believe the Coyotes are going to center around with this rebuild. Especially because they're going to be playing the Blues a lot more because they're division <laughs> rivals now. You need to keep Keller to beat their division rivals. It just works that way, right? It does, yeah. Honestly, I've heard worse reasons to keep a player like Keller. <laughs> they play well against the division uh, rival, a team you're going to see a lot during the year. Yeah, keep that player. Absolutely. Anyways, though, we still got more to get to on this episode of Lockdown Coyotes. We're going to take a look at uh, players that didn't meet expectations, those who aren't uh, living up to the hype of we, what we thought or any things of those sorts. All that coming up in just a moment. But first, I want to let you guys know that Bet Online wants to wish you a happy betting new year as we continue our march to the playoffs and beyond. Bet Online remains the number one spot for all the best sports wagering action for 2022. A new year and new updated desktop or mobile website. Sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use the promo code LOCKDOWN to get started. From football, basketball, hockey, boxing, and UFC, right down to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers for 2022. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports. Bet Online, where the game starts. And now it's time to move on on Lockdown Coyotes on our mid-season reviews. Talk about how this Coyotes team it looks halfway through the year. And now let's go to the second segment, Carl. And this is players who have not met expectations. Since I went first for the um, for the highlights, let's let you start on this one. Which player to you do you think is not living up to 
your expectation? Uh, I mean, I'm going to go fish in a barrel. Jacob Chikrin has not lived up to expectations. Um, and I'm going to throw in a lot of caveats when I talk about it, but he has not been good. Um, he's a minus 31. Take what you will about plus minus, but when it's that big, that means something. Uh, he has the lowest shooting percentage of his career, shooting, like getting goals, like 2.2% of the time. Uh, he's played only 30 games, missed some time due to injury, which is understandable. Missed some time due to COVID. Again, just something that we're dealing with the, this season. Uh, but in that 30 games, two goals, six assists, eight points. The team is counting on him to do better. Um, I do want to throw in a lot of caveats. It's his first season being the number one defenseman. He is facing much harder competition. Um, in the next segment, I'm actually going to talk about why a player who is getting less, you know, uh, who typically gets less difficult competition has exceeded our expectations. I think Chikrin is taking the brunt of that. Um, but... He he needs to step up his game. He needs to find a way to be the leader that I think the team expects him to be because just right now, it's not there. I, I will say that since he's come back from injury, since he's come back from COVID protocol, he has looked much better. I think his numbers are starting to go up, um, which is really what we need from him. Uh, he's He just blew a big assignment against the, the Penguins uh, two nights ago, so... I don't want to talk too much good about him, but yeah, he definitely needs to work on stuff. Um, but again, I think part of that is just part of the process. It it is, and you know, another thing too, like I think what wh- why his name is on that list is to think about it in this way, because we were going in and we and we were highly touting Jacob Chicken. You know, we talked about him being an untouchable in the off season. We're like, this guy is a Norris caliber defenseman. We were putting this kid on a pedestal. Just like yeah. this and and I think that might be the problem because I, we put him we we based it off the last couple of seasons, which is fine. It's fine to do that, but at the same time you look at how different the team looks now. It's hard to it's hard to adjust. And again, like you said, he has to adjust to being not just in it with new per, with new personnel around him, but as the de facto number one D man, like it's it's yeah. tough. Yeah, there was talk that the Coyotes should have named Chikrin as the captain, and I could only think how much weight that would have put on him. Mm-hmm. Like, it, especially for the Coyotes, I feel like this team fetishizes the captain so much. It's a carryover from Shane Doan, who I think is one of the best leaders in NHL history. But we saw it with Oliver Ekman Larson. There's just so much pressure that gets put on players for that. And not only to be like the best player on the ice, but also to be a very specific type of leader. And I don't think we know if that if Chikrin's that leader yet. Um, I don't think Chikrin knows what he is. He is how old is he? Twenty He's twenty three. He was twenty three. Yeah. He was born in ninety eight. Uh, which to me, honestly, is like I think about that because you know he's playing at that level and is he and was born 
uh, 13 months after me. But, he was born 10 years after me. So <laughs> uh, a decade later, Jacob Trickrit emerged. Um, but yes, uh, I think that's just a fun, like a phenomenal amount of pressure to put on a player. I think Chikrin is progressing okay, but it's a lot to put on someone. Um, and we're just seeing some growing pains right now, but it, they, it needs to be addressed. I don't want to undercut it by just saying, like, eh, it's fine. He'll, he'll grow out of it. It needs to be something that he actively works on. And he needs to work on that with the coaching staff. He needs to work on that with like the trainers. And all credit to him. I think Chickman is the type of player who will work on it. I don't expect us to be having this conversation like a year from now. But for right now, he is definitely underperformed. And, and this is also in the assumption he does not get traded. Um, yeah. I mean, body. even then, like, I, I do expect even if Chickren's traded, he will, he, he he will, will. find his way. Yeah. He has the NHL caliber play. So he will be fine. Just maybe make sure to take some extra precautions with him. Absolutely. So let's go to the second player. So the player that I am going to say here has underperformed, has not met expectations for this 2021-2022 season. Now I'm going to go ahead and name one of my favorite Roadrunners players in Kyle Capobianco. And it sucks for me to say this because yeah. I was rooting so hard for this guy so much. <laughs> like I watched like, – like there were a couple people, Carl, who I watched grow in Tucson who I thought – I'm like, I really want to see this guy do well. Um, obviously – you know, Dylan Strom was one of them, but he kind yeah. of it was. I didn't see enough of him like in the years by go by for me to really get that connection. But those two players were Connor Garland, obviously he's now over in Vancouver, and Cal Capobianco. So you have a forward and a defenseman. Because I, I saw Cal Capo every freaking year, and he almost every time he got the call up, I'm just like, this is his chance. He's gonna do it, and then he gets injured, and the same thing comes this time. He came off, I think, well, he was still injured to start the season. He came off injury. And I'm like, okay, this is your shot. He looks good to start for two weeks, maybe three weeks. Yeah. And he falls off, no production whatsoever, to the point where he's getting scratched most of these games. Um, And I said this, too, before the season was going to begin, that – if he does not play to the expect to the level that I'm used to him seeing and 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 then some, it's gonna be hard for him to get a new contract. He's in the contract year. He's um, you know, and he is twenty-four years old. Um and it's just like, okay, at what point do teams give up on a development? It it's I, I do want to point out, it's kind of funny that we're talking about Chikrin and Capobianco. Chikrin had a very bad error against Pittsburgh. Capobianco uh, maybe saved a goal and set up a goal against Pittsburgh. Um, and it was great to see him do that. But he but has that not... First, that was the first yeah. awesome event that we've seen in, what, two months from him? Yeah. Like, yeah. Capo Bianco has been near invisible for so many games, and I am I am sorry to see it. 
um, because he is a player who he always seemed on the cups. Uh, I remember writing like uh, on Five for Howling, 25 players under 25 list every year. And I'm like, Kyle Kapamiako seems like he's poised to break through. Um, and this year, he's got to play in the NHL. He's He will go through waivers. Uh, I think he briefly did, but he was just off of injury, so no one was going to claim him anyway. Uh, but I, I want more. We have seen players who have come up and just like stolen a place with this team. Um, we saw that with Barrett Hayton, who we're not going to talk about today other than this. Um, but he came up from the Roadrunners and he stole a roster spot. Cal Capabianco kind of had one by default and he hasn't taken that spot yet. No, he hasn't. He has been um, pretty much replaced by some te- some Roadrunners teammates on on the on on the defense, and that's saying something of the level that he is performing. And nothing against the road those Roadrunners teammates that have been that have gotten called up. They are playing a different level. We're gonna, um, it's but that's for a whole another thing. Um, but it is suck. I I, I feel really bad. Like I really want to see more from Kyle Capabianco, and I hope. I hope this is not his last, absolute last chance. Yeah. And, and I mean, I feel like it's the same with Chikrin. Um, the players that we chose to point out for this who need develop, who need work, who need to have a better second half, like they're players that we have high expectations for, for a reason. Yeah. Like I'm not going to like rail on Louis Erickson for not playing to what I expected because although he hasn't are already pretty like mediocre. Yeah. yeah. But this is a this is a team where you could really like you have the shot. You can make it. Um and, and I think we just kind of we need a little bit more. Uh I I hope that we you know I'm sure we're going to do a season recap and I hope we're not talking about them as the low points of, uh, of that, uh, of that round of players. Then I sure hope so. I sure hope so. Cause we still got 41 games more to go for this season. Um, at, uh, hopefully 41 because <laughs> knock on wood, uh, a, that those games get played be that it's, it's, it's almost over. We're downhill from now watching the first year of a rebuild. It's it's painful. And it's probably going to get more painful. Let's be honest, because that trade deadline is going to... Oh, it's going to uh, hurt. It's going to hurt. It's going to hurt. Anyways, though, we still got more to get to on this episode of Lockdown Coyotes. We're going to talk about surprises. Those that played... Uh, that came up and played above expectations... Um, in a different way that we're like to a to a level we're just like we're happy with we're absolutely happy with we're gonna do that in just a moment but first a quick word from our sponsors and we're back here on lockdown coyotes once again robin leonio and carl pavlik we are talking the midpoint reviews for the arizona coyotes we're talking players that have been the highlight of the team and we talked about players that missed that missed their expectations. Now we're going to go players that played above expectations and have surprised us to a level where we're just like, I love what this guy is doing. And I'll go ahead and take this one first to start things off. And that is defensive roadrunners call up J.J. Mosier. 
Oh Absolutely. my God, Carl! I saw this guy start in Tucson this year, and I'm like, I like I like what this guy is doing. Um, he is you know, he is physical, and he's doing everything right as a, def- what a what a defenseman can do, and he can move the puck. That's a yeah. huge thing. And a physical was, offensive defenseman. It's I know it's awesome to see. And then I, I saw, and that was in Tucson. I was like, okay, this is going to be a future a, a future star. I'm gonna I, I'm I'm excited to see it. He gets called up and almost instantly becomes a factor. Like instantly to the point where like it's going to be hard for them to send them back down to Tucson. Yeah. Uh, how many goals does he have this season? He has. Let's see. Um, I think it's three, three goals, three. two assists. So it's five five points in six games. Uh, Just under. I mean, five points in fourteen games. Sorry. I okay, yeah, I was gonna say six. That's uh, way way less than I thought. But no. but yeah, no. That like I think it was like three games in where he got his first goal. Um, and that was just no three games in. First two goals. I'm yeah, sorry. That's right. Against the San Jose Sharks, and since then he has just you know eaten minutes. Like I'm looking at it. I don't think he has played fewer than 18 minutes for the Coyotes other than two games. That is phenomenal. And I think it goes to uh, Bill Armstrong's drafting that he decided to select an older player. Yeah, and I think that's I think that was part of why he did it in the first place because a lot of the draftees that he got from this past year um ended up going back to their junior to, to their junior clubs you know you know ninth overall pick dylan gunther um uh uh josh Doan is going now to play for arizona state and all these things are like okay we need somebody who can potentially um get called up now should we need him but like but it, we can also send the Tucson only a 100 mile drive down the road. Absolutely, um, someone who's ready at a at a given moment, and of course, it does help so much that the Tucson Roadrunners are awesome with development, and they have been awesome with development over the last few years. Um, let me just give you some of his Roadrunner stats because this is also okay. pretty cool. 12 points in 18 games, five which is five goals and seven assists. That just tells you at that point, like, look at that, like he's. So between the two teams, that's 17 points. Yeah. And uh, what, like eight goals, which is pretty pretty stellar for a defenseman. Uh, it is it is fun to watch him like play with the puck. Uh, I think I've talked before that I love his confidence. He is a 20-year-old defenseman who will crash the net from the point. Like, what? Uh, you don't see that every day. I love that confidence. Uh, I just am only expecting good things from JJ Moser moving forward. Uh, he's just a he's a phenomenal player. Um, for me, the player that has been the most surprising, uh, the most pleasant surprise, Shane Gostisbehere, another defenseman. The Coyotes acquired him and a second pick, a second round pick, and a conditional what? Uh, conditional, a condition, yeah, conditional third. third, yeah. 
Uh, Craig Morgan recently tweeted out or recently put out like an article saying what the future considerations were because that was all the Coyotes sent back. It was a dollar. The Coyotes acquired Goss to spare in picks for a dollar. He is currently third in points, second in assists. He has been one of the most dynamic Coyotes players of the year. Uh, he stepped up when Chickram was out with injury and like, yeah, saw his game develop that way. Uh, I think we've also seen a bit of a reduction in points because of that, because mm-hmm. eating the hardest minutes is difficult in the NHL. Like you are paying, Absolutely. you're playing against the top talent and your job is defense above all else. But he has just been phenomenal. Uh, he's the highlight of the of the season. A uh, little bit less recently, but like in the in the first half, I was watching games for Gossip Bear almost by himself. Uh, <laughs> yeah, especially in that like rough opening. I'm like, eh, Gossip Bear is doing fine. And I'm glad you mentioned how they acquired him too. And you know, the future considerations for a dollar, like they have to put, you know at least some kind of compensation in there because, you know, you can't just do it for abs- absolutely nothing. So, you know, so it's like, yeah. oh, we'll just say a dollar. It's absolutely amazing. And I think part of that, which is um, we felt for Gossip at the time, right? We were just like, okay, we're getting a defenseman and, you know, we've, we know what he's capable of. We know he can be pretty good. Right yeah. now he's overpaid. Here is our issue. That while we, like, here's what we're going to see now. So we're going to, Hope he can maybe get a second, you know, was like, oh, he can be a second pair. He can do pretty well. Like, we think he can do all right. Um, and, you know, and hopefully Joe with the team well. And it was almost instantaneous. Yeah. <laughs> it was awesome to see. Um, and has definitely played above those expectations. And it's like, you know what? Like, uh, if, if you can go ahead and put a ranking on Bill Armstrong's trade acquisitions uh i would go ahead and put the acquisition of shane Gottesbeer as number one right now <laughs> i mean he made a lot of good moves but i think at the end of the day the Gottesbeer one stands out which is pretty phenomenal because i think most people considered it almost impossible to move oliver ekman larson with that contract uh but he was able to do that and acquire like a pretty substantial return. The fact that he got picks to take away the Coyotes number three point scorer. And the fact that like, when you look at the flyers, I love seeing this get pointed out. Like so many people that they brought in with the cap hit with the, with that space that they got from trading Goss's bear. They're not close to what Goss's bear is producing for the Coyotes. And I think he's getting very projected minutes. Um, so I don't want to say he's the savior of the team or anything like that, but he is producing extremely well in the role that he is playing. And that is all I want Gosses Bear to do. I want him to play his role and do it well. And I think that's really all you can ask any hockey player. Yeah, especially. And uh, one more thing I will give about that is what I think what's awesome is, you know, you got to think that a lot of that performance comes from the fact that he knew what he was traded for. Obviously, he knows what he was traded for. And he kind of felt disrespected, right? If you get a player that comes at at that level 
and they get traded for nothing. Like a, a, a former like Calder candidate who's still playing gets traded for a dollar and you need to send in picks to get him to be acquired. Like that is gotta piss you off. Like, especially we, we talk a lot about how Kai or hockey players in general are just very competitive because you need to be competitive to get to that level. That's why they never want to quit. It's why you have to basically force them out because they're like, no, I can do this. Because if you're not that type of person, you do not make the NHL. And Gossip Spare is responding in the best way possible. And I just love to see it. What do you think sounds better? Um, just, 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 just for joking purposes, that we got Gossip Spare for a dollar or for a bag of pucks? <laughs> Honestly, I go dollar just because... Uh, uh, I'm old, uh, as as mentioned before. Uh, there's a great moment in RoboCop where just this very crazy outlandish commercial, and this guy's like, "I'll buy that for a dollar." Uh, and the Coyotes bought Shane Gossett's bear and a couple of picks for a dollar. Uh, you gotta love to hear it. Anyways, though, those are our players that we absolutely love. We'll go ahead and summarize once more. I'll give you, I'll give you each of my three players. My highlight was uh, Karel Vemelka, my player that needs to improve and did not meet expectations. Kyle Cavabianco, and my player who has went above expectation and has been a pleasant surprise on this one is Arizona Coyotes team, and it's defenseman J.J. Mosier. And for me, player that I'd love to see, Clayton Keller. Player that needs a little bit of work, Jacob Chikrin. Just that surprise bonus, good old ghost bear. <laughs> Gotta love it. Especially because, remember, we got now uh, three bears. <laughs> the bears! The bears. bears. I still want to see the bear pair. I don't think I've seen it enough. <laughs> we need more bear pair. We need more bear pair. Coach Bear, if you're listening, bring us the Bear Bear. <laughs> yeah. And add an Ethan Bear, just because. Just because why not? Yeah, right? do it. Why you not? know you want to. <laughs> Anyways, though, that is going to be it for today's episode of Locked on Cutties. If you like what you heard, don't forget to leave a review, like, comment, subscribe if you are yet to already. We're available everywhere you get your podcasts, including on YouTube. Don't forget to interact with us on social media. We're on Facebook, facebook.com slash Lockdown Coyotes on Instagram at Lockdown Coyotes on Twitter at LO underscore Coyotes. I am personally at Robin underscore Leonio. Robin with the Y underscore L-E-A-N-O. Carl Pavlik is Carl Pavlik F-F-H. You can interact with us, ask the question you might have either via a mention, maybe a direct message, and we can answer them right back or on a future episode of the Lockdown Coyotes podcast. Thanks again, everyone, for listening to today's episode. Hope you guys are staying safe out there. Hope you guys are staying healthy. And don't forget to howl on.